Hey pal, and welcome to season three of I've Got Your Back, the podcast. This season is all about well-being. I am so passionate about my own well-being, and I'm so passionate about sharing all of the tools that I've learned over the years that really can improve your overall well-being. So there'll be eight different themes and eight different areas of well-being that we'll cover off. I really hope you enjoy it and let me know your feedback. Hello everyone and welcome to season three of I've Got Your Back, the podcast. And this is episode two of season three, which is all about well-being. So in the first episode, I spoke a lot about the eight different areas that I see make up well-being. And one of the things I spoke about was your emotional well-being. And I feel as if um, I really wanted to invite this guest on. So you'll get to meet him very shortly. I wanted to invite this guest on because I feel as if what Mark has to say, so Mark Purser is on, I feel as if what Mark has to say definitely and what his experience has definitely helps with a lot of the emotional well-being stuff that I talk about. So Mark Purser is here. Hi, Mark. Hi. <laughs> How are you? I'm great. Thank you. Um, I just thought I'd share before I get into the questions, I wanted to share how we actually met. So Mark, when I lived in Byron Bay, which seems a very long, distant memory. Um, wasn't that long ago. It sure, wasn't that okay. long ago. But I, I, a lot has happened since. A lot has happened since. Um, so I think I moved to Byron in June 21. And I ended up in this beautiful little street. It was like five minute walk to the beach. It was like right in the heart of Byron Bay. And a good friend of mine, Chris, actually recommended that I should go and check out the local yoga studio at the end of my street, literally like a couple of steps away. And I went, well, I can't nice. not go because it's literally a couple of steps away. And he recommended that I do like some sort of breath work and meditation. Anyway, I thought, well, I'll just look it up and I'll go to a yoga class. And I went to one of Mark's classes. I think it was actually one of your other teachers. And I just loved the studio, which Mark can tell you all about in the heart of Byron Bay. And I just was like, yeah, this is my vibe. And so, and, and it just so happened that there was a teacher training course on in a few months. And I signed up for that. And honestly, it was one of those experiences sort of at the end of 2021 when the world was still a bit spicy, let's say, um, just being cocooned in this amazing studio in this amazing community, doing breath work and meditation teacher training was one of the most impactful moments of my life. And as you'll know, most of you, like I'm a big advocate of yoga nidra now. Um, I do highly, highly recommend that for so many people. And actually there's a free download um, that you can have after this um, after this podcast. But it really was a profound time. And Mark was sort of the central point of that time for me and just being an amazing teacher full of wisdom full of fun actually and I love the fact that he goes down little rabbit holes so I remember in the teacher training like every day be like where's he going with this and I'd be like we don't know I love this I love rabbit holes I love rabbit, <laughs> I love rabbit holes. holes yeah so you know and and I just yeah I just feel Mark 
has got a lot to share and a lot of value because of his experience of becoming a yogi. Um, but also just the things that he teaches and advocates for, I really believe would be good for you listening. So Mark, hello. That was a bit of a long introduction, but I just wanted to give people context as to how we know each yeah, other. Context is good. Uh, hi, Michelle. Hello. So, it's lovely to be here. Lovely to see you and to, to connect in this space. And just you've got me reflecting back to that time, which was such an interesting time, as you say, a, a spicy time, the, the end of the spicy cough. And we were uh, yeah. running, <laughs> yeah. running. I think that was the first training and it was where we were was sort of opening and closing, basically lockdown, yes. no lockdown. And we managed to just somehow dance yeah. around these revolving lockdowns and ran that training and there were some mm -hmm. people joining online and it was such a powerful time. And, yeah. and one of the things that I was really paying, it was very, as you probably recall, it was quite an angst time. There was a lot mm. of division in the community around vaccination and, yeah. you know, the, the, the government restrictions, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and, one of the things that we really advocated for was not to talk about it. It was actually, hey, let's just come here and focus on the yeah. conversation, which is we're here to practice meditation, we're here to practice mm -hmm. breath work, and mm -hmm. we're here to practice our beloved yoga nidra, mm -hmm. uh, which I'm glad to hear I've made you a, a devotee. That's my, <laughs> that's my, my, my passion Definitely. for the world, creating a yoga nidra cult. Uh, yes. And it just spreads. It's an easy one to sell. But if we yeah. had this... And it was because everyone else was so angst and we had this mm. time where we all just dropped so deeply and that yeah. that particular training, uh, I mean, certainly for me and I think for everyone who was in that training had an incredible journey, uh, which was mm. quite contrasted to a lot of other people out there in the world who were really yeah. struggling. Uh, but I felt, you know, and I do continue to feel that it, it, when the world is so anxious uh, mm. for whatever reason and there's lots of reasons people find to be anxious, it's mm -hmm. so important that people, some people must lean into these practices more and more and, and yeah. focus on well-being because, you know, anxiety gets really boring uh, and, mm -hmm. you know, there has to be a counterpose and, you know, it is mm -hmm. an anxious world. I, I, I experience anxiety yeah. I and mean, that's the reason I got into the practices in the first place. But mm -hmm. we, as the world becomes more anxious, we need to run in the other direction <laughs> Yeah. Uh, run towards yoga nidra more yeah more. absolutely and I you, I'm so glad you shared it more about that time and I really do remember that I remember it was just there was a lot of anxiousness there was a lot of people division and so yeah really grateful for you for making that happen because it'd be easy for you not to have done that course because there was so many will we be in the mm. studio will we not will we do it online and I remember saying to you I don't really want to do anything else online I just want to be in person. I just want to be in a studio. I want to have that human connection. And you were like, yeah, right. Okay. Well, I think it will be okay. So, you know, we'll just need to go with it. And you really created that all this divisions going on in the world, but we don't need to do that in here, which is so powerful. Mm. And I think that's what and we all so need. Important. And actually one of the yeah. reasons, yeah. One of the reasons why I created this podcast and I've got your back was I believe that the more we have each other's back and we don't have that division and we really listen mm. to everyone, that everyone has a voice um, and everyone has their unique point of view and everyone has diverse ideas and it's about embracing that. And so one oh, of the main reasons it. why I created this was to have conversations about stuff. You might, you might, not, you might be listening going, I don't agree with this or 
um, challenged mm. by that or you're triggered by that, but actually just the fact that you're listening and being open and not creating this divide, I think is really important. So yeah. Mm. Thanks for reminding me about yeah. that. Yeah. Like creating spaces where it's okay to be wrong and it's, it's mm. okay to have contrasting opinions. Mm-hmm. Now, there's so much polarization in the world. Mm-hmm. And I think at the, at the heart of yoga and, and meditation practice is this, well, it even it's very clearly defined as you know in, in the path of called non-dual tantra. It's it's all one. You know, we are. I am you, and you are me. And mm-hmm. uh, this being a t- one of the things that we're really big on exploring within within this work is loosening our attachments to our opinions about things. Yeah, people are punished by their opinions about things. Like I am, I believe in this, whatever it is, a Mm. political cause or a a social cause or an identity. I believe in it so much I'm prepared to uh, alienate so many other people because Mm. I'm defined by this idea of who I think I am or what I believe in. And it's Mm. what we learn through practice is it's, it's a really healthy thing to wear those opinions lightly. Yeah, where like a, a you know a set of clothing because they do change you know yeah. over the course of a lifetime and it, it is good to have things that we're passionate about and certain causes. It's not about not caring. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we need to care. We should care. And there's certain things that we really need to care a lot about. But again, you know, loosening our attachments to even the most important of things. Uh, don't let that define who we are. Mm, yeah. Thanks, Mark. Um, so. For those of you that don't know you, some listening will know you, but can you just mm. share a bit about your background? How did you come to this being of a yogi? You know, I know you love that term, <laughs> like podcast. yeah, yogi. <laughs> yeah. How did how did you how did you get here? What happened? Okay, well, uh, I think I mentioned anxiety before, uh, as like most people along this pathway, I didn't. I, I came because of a need mm. and. I was, you know, in short summary, a fairly rambunctious teenager, uh, would fairly easily have fitted into the diagnosis of ADD. Uh, I was a really wild boy um, mm. and I had a lot of fun as a teenager. And, mm. you know, I was a, an 80s kid. I wasn't inside a lot. I was running around on a BMX bike and just causing, you know, all sorts of havoc. <laughs> but, you know, I was having Trouble. fun. And trouble, <laughs> trouble, yeah, yeah. So one of my my friend's mothers, you know, nicknamed me. He calls him the cat. So he always lands on his feet, but all it seems all his friends seem to get into trouble. And I'm like, like I very rarely got into trouble, which was yeah. amazing. I just didn't get caught for yeah. things. I was kind of, I just moved really quickly. Like that was my quickly. theory in life. I just kept yeah. moving, moving. And, yeah. and that works for a while. Uh, and, you know, I sort of mm-hmm. I, I got into a career just outside of school. I, I did a traineeship uh, in a big newspaper company, a uh, big media company. And then I ended up going to university and doing a degree in digital media communications and writing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I studied like, philosophy. I got really into studying philosophy during that degree. Uh, and that was sort of my first tap into, into philosophy. And studying more Western philosophy. Mm. Uh, I had actually, it's funny, I went to a Jesuit Catholic school and I had a, a Jesuit priest who was the headmaster of that school, St. Aloysius in, in Sydney. And he was, uh, his name was Father Anthony Smith. And, and those Jesuits, I mean, they're 
bastards, a lot of them, but he was, yeah. they're quite learned scholars and he introduced us to Buddhism and Hinduism and I was like, wow, wow. Cool. I found it really, really interesting. At, I mean, that was as a teenager. Um, and then I sort of went through my university degree. Yoga came in actually when I was in the newspapers. I was working with a, uh, I was working with a, a couple of ladies who were I was like you know twenty two or something, and these ladies were in their for somewhere in their forties, probably you know about my age now. Mm-hmm. And, and they, uh, I was really into surfing, mm-hmm. and I wanted to improve my ability to surf. Uh, I wasn't very good at surfing. I just really liked it. And mm-hmm. I wanted to get better at it. And so they recommended yoga. And I think I'd read in a book somewhere that yoga is good for surfing. And mm-hmm. so that kind of got me onto the yoga asana path. Just describe asana because some so, people listening don't know ah, these okay. terms. So just, yeah. yeah. So yoga yoga asana, asana literally means posture or actually means seat. Yeah. Uh, but what we're talking about is yoga postures. So, you know, mm-hmm. practicing hatha yoga, the physical element of yoga mm. so I got right into that you know I was very yeah. into my body I played a lot of rugby and I was really into surfing and I wanted to be super fit but mm. at the same time I used to party like a wild man so it was that mm. you know my lifestyle of, for a long period of time was yeah play hard live hard you know and it's yeah. um uh somewhere you know but I would exercise a lot and I managed to hold that together but it was like burning the candle at both yeah. ends and sooner or later that ran out of steam uh and I came you know sort of jumping pretty much a decade to my early 30s I had been in a serious relationship I was uh, and that relationship had fallen apart yeah. uh and from that point I ended up in a psychologist's office and a mm. uh, psychologist sort of chambers actually was she was counseling from the front room of her house and uh i was at that point living in i'd moved to the byron shire so living mm. kind of close to where where i met you and that lady rudha nicholson uh was a clinical psych and, and you know helped me to unpack a lot of my backstory and I didn't really know. I'd always kept up with a yoga practice, but it mm. hadn't really evolved much. I just sort of was very much focused on just maintaining physical ability. Mm. Uh, but at that point, I'd become quite anxious, quite depressed. I was drinking way too much. Uh, and, you know, I was it just burning the candle at both ends. I was running out of wax. You know, I was getting to that point. Where mm. I was like, I actually need to, it's not working anymore you know the way that my lifestyle is not working and I don't have the answers and and Radha uh, Nicholson the psychologist she as I found out later was a, a she's a quite a well-known meditation teacher she teaches meditation in the um, uh, insight meditation tradition which she teach Vipassana in, from the Buddhist, mm-hmm. Buddhist lineage and so mm-hmm. that got me into my first experience of meditation I did a couple of Vipassana sits and then Shortly after that, I ended up finding Satchananda Yoga, which was another branch of yoga. Uh, they had a couple of ashrams in Australia and one of which is actually no longer operating. I spent a lot of time there, ended up, you know, over the next few years doing a teacher training program. And that was that sort of classical yoga based on Raj Yoga. And that's where the Yoga Nidra comes from. So Swami mm-hmm. Satchananda, who, who started that lineage, is one of sort of the modern creators of yoga nidra but mm. bringing together breath work bringing together the yoga nidra classical meditation also the yoga asana bit which was really important for yeah. me like that physical element and the kundalini kriya yoga as well um, plus mm. just being in an ashram and being removed from the world for a period of time which yeah. i really needed uh was an incredibly powerful time 
And so I did a, um, I, I had trained as a yoga teacher many, many years ago, but, you know, very sort of lighthearted training at that point. And I certainly mm. wasn't in the space where I was really ready to receive the full mm-hmm. uh, potential of the teachings. But then I did the Satchananda yoga teacher training over a few years, uh, which was a really big course. And then shortly after that, and we're talking about 2016 now, so probably nearly eight years ago, I came back to Byron and I I started, I, I began Bamboo Yoga, which was the uh, yoga studio where I met you. Yeah. Amazing. What a story. <laughs> what a story. And it's still unfolding. The story still continues. I don't know where it ends up. So Always. yeah, we had uh, we we had COVID COVID in there somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Whatever that was, yeah, uh, exactly. and a little speed hump. We all kind of look back over our shoulder and go, "What? What, 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 what was that you, little blank in life? What, what was what, that? What was yeah, that thing? The little blank, you know." Um, that's amazing. And so, can you just explain? Because again, some people will or may or may not know this, like the different lineages of. Mm like learning yoga and meditation and breath work because I didn't know this when I actually joined your course that there's different lineages that sort of stem mainly out of India right yes mainly out of India almost all out of India yeah. uh, but in some way shape or form and although you know it's propagated all over the world uh, yeah. so you've got in the yoga tradition you've got mm. a few core lineages uh, in sort of the more modern time. Yeah. And they've got uh, Krishnamacharya is a very well-known teacher, the sort of teacher of teachers who trained his disciples, uh, students, um, BKS Iyengar and Patabi Joyce are sort of the two key ones who mm-hmm. brought a lot of like the modern vinyasa came out of Patabi Joyce and spun into this sort of vinyasa power mm. yoga world. Uh, Swami Satyananda was a student of Swami Shivananda, um, other, you know, who had a whole bunch of other key students, Venkatesananda, um, uh, was a whole bunch of other students who probably, and Shivananda yoga is still widely practiced mm. uh, around the world. So that Satyananda was the propagator of yoga nidra and I mean, absolute powerhouse who again, came started in India, came Mm. to spend a lot of time in Australia, a lot of time in Europe, different teachers went to, and this is, we're talking sort of the sixties, seventies up into the eighties. A lot of these Indian teachers were uh, disseminating yoga into the West. Um, Mm. uh, You've got, uh, you know, other uh, Bikram was another one who again came out of India and made us, you know, gave us, uh, our kind of rock and roll, hot yoga, and uh, who else was there? Um, uh, Osho, more mm. of a tantra teacher, very, very popular in the West. And, uh, yeah, there's a, a whole bunch of, and but now the most of the Indian teachers, I mean, there's obviously still Indian teachers who are teaching mm. in the West, but mm. most of those lineage have retracted back to India. Certainly the Bihar School of Yoga is now, teaching more just in India. I mean, as far as mm-hmm. they're concerned, they did the job. They got the word out they there. The they yoga. They've given us what we need. And now you've got, I mean, Yoga Nidra is an interesting case study because you've got this classical tantric practice. You know, the original practice is called Nyasa, which comes from a, a practice of bringing mantras into chakras to awaken. It's a Kundalini 
uh, Kundalini mm. awakening practice where you're bringing mantras into chakras, but that has now spun into modern science. Mm. Uh, that has now spun into uh, Andrew Huberman now calls it um, NSDR, non-sleep deep rest, which is you know it's it's a beautiful practice. Uh, I rest, which is, an, is another one which has sort of been propagated in the West, mm. again focused very much on. The therapeutic elements of the practice, whereas yeah. in the Indian tradition, uh, it's about enlightenment. You know, it's about enlightenment. So I think as 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 practitioners, and certainly one thing I'm really passionate about teaching is that we we maintain our reverence and our connection to lineage. Because mm. I mean, looking again at yoga nidra, NSDR is wonderful for people who are experiencing anxiety and are looking for relaxation. Mm. But let's not forget the other elements of it. You know that there is it is a practice of enlightenment. You know it, the mm. the relaxation is almost a side effect. Uh, yeah. and, and the release from anxiety but there's so much more on offer and particularly mm. when you practice it as it was designed to be as sort of a network of practices so bringing yoga nidra into mm. a practice of uh, pranayama bringing them together mm. there's a lot more that's on offer yeah. and I think that's why I've sort of I'm still very passionate about teaching from the Indian lineage yeah, and I remember that I love that because I'm I love history and I love philosophy and I love mm. deep deep wisdom and you know all of the stuff that you teach comes from practices that have been around for like two thousand years. It's just obviously yeah. they like you said they did their job. They came out to the West, the Western world, to basically spread these Eastern practices. Mm. Which, to be honest, I believe if we lived in a more Eastern mindset, I think the Western mm. world would benefit a lot. Um, but yeah, they sort of did their job. They came out and they spread the word. But these practices of these philosophies have been around for two thousand years, which is yes, yeah, some of them. I mean, the the, the, the tantric, yeah, it, it's certainly the core for a lot, even longer. Actually, yeah. if we're talking about the Vedantin uh, period, you're going back to uh, the Vedas, uh, the Rig Veda is at least two and a half thousand years old. Some of these mm. mantras, like the Gayatri mantra, have been continually chanted for, we don't know, really. Yeah. It was written down yeah. two and a half thousand years ago, but it was in use for long before that. Yeah. Uh, and that's pretty cool. You're, you're connecting to something that is ancient and powerful yeah, sure. and has yeah. resonance uh mm. and that's but then again if we look at uh you know where modern neuroscience is beginning to you know they're experimenting a lot with yoga nidra and mm. modern breath work techniques and they're showing us how they work and then we can you know mm. experiment more with subtle variations uh it's a learning tradition so just because mm. it has an ancient root doesn't mean it can't change and adapt and yoga has always changed and adapted yeah. uh so it's wonderful that we can take these practices and spin them into something that is relevant uh, mm. for the world today. And it's just, I mean, certainly from my perspective, and, you know, this is something that I, I'm keen on in, in my own practice and also I, I'm really passionate about teaching to my students is that mm -hmm. don't lose that connection to lineage. Uh, yeah. it's, it's easy to do. It's easy to do. Yeah. And not just because it's respectful to, to acknowledge your sources, it's mm -hmm. useful. It's actually mm -hmm. don't lose it because there's, uh, otherwise, you, you know, what we often get is yoga light. You get this lighthearted version, which is just a real, you're getting the surface level and yeah. it's uh, there's a lot more on offer if, if you're prepared yeah. to go deep. Yeah, absolutely. And just touching a, a, upon that, obviously you've spoke about the benefits that you've experienced about developing a practice around breath work and meditation and 
um yoga physical yoga as well mm-hmm. in your experience because you've had the studio now what for eight years longer is that longer? eight years yeah eight years eight years in Byron yeah eight years in Byron so from all the people that have come because Byron is a bit of a place where you have your regulars but then you have people that just come for holiday mm-hmm. and fleeting come in and out again come from Sydney or Melbourne and they come from that um coming here for a relaxation and total time out and Byron definitely provides that. What have you observed with people in terms of their challenges coming in to the practice mm. or coming into the studio? And what have you seen happen to them? Like, what you know, what are the challenges, mm. but what are the benefits that you've observed? Good question. Really good question. So one of the, I actually just put up a banner outside uh, the studio, which says, come for your body and stay for your mind. Uh, and I think it's one of the things that I've been really passionate about, and look, it's reflective of my journey with yoga, is that mm. I came to yoga because I wanted to be super fit. I wanted to be a really good surfer. I wanted yeah. to be good looking, you know, I wanted to, <laughs> to have to have great abs. Uh, yogis were hot, you know. And, yeah, and, yeah. But, but, but what I really was actually seeking, and even then I was craving it, is just steadiness. I actually, mm. because I was aware there was a level of self-awareness that the way I was showing up in the world was not functional and it wasn't mm. pleasant, you know, this level yeah. of dislocation and anxiety that was fairly standard, uh, you know, even though I was having a lot of fun, I was, there was a you know a flip side to that. There was anxiety and there was de- depression and uh, mm. that I, I knew that I needed to, to do something uh, and I loved the way I felt after I'd practised. So... And then a refinement of that process. And so one of the things, the challenges has been, this is a sort of a, a global challenge that I'm not the only one doing it, but mm. the, the perception of yoga is it is a physical practice. Mm. Uh, and, and my passion for practice and for teaching yoga is it's it's a, actually a practice of the evolution of the personality, what yoga mm. is designed to do. And, and, and that really only happens when you bring in the elements of meditation, breath work mm. and yoga nidra uh, mm. and that you have the capacity to evolve your mind. And, and it's not just evolving, I mean, you are evolving your brain, you're developing your neural pathways, we're rebalancing the nervous system, uh, mm. but we're you know aligning ourselves with our dharmic purpose, our higher purpose. And, and that, mm. not just in my opinion, that that, that is... That the, that is the factual definitive purpose of yoga. And so trying mm. to align people who are coming, they just want a, a bit of a stretch and relax. And that's okay. Mm. You know, coming to yoga for that is, is cool. Like it's a great place mm. to start. But mm. for some and, and for some people, it's just they're just not buying it. Like you walked yeah. in and you met me and you're like, I want this, you know, like mm. I, I, I want mm. what's on offer here. Like yeah. I, and you were just ready to step into that. And, mm. and that was easy, you know. It's like we've had this incredible journey over the few years since where mm. you just were so receptive and able to, you know, you were asking the right questions and you committed to the practice and you just took mm-hmm. it all on. Mm. Uh, and then maybe it was actually better for you because you hadn't done all the yoga asana first. That kind of came in sideways. Yeah. And it yeah. was, you came in really fresh and you were like, but you, yeah. I mean, you'd done a lot of other work and you just prepared yourself. You were ready. And it was so, mm-hmm. you're, you're, and some people are in and that's cool. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm there for those people. And for those mm-hmm. other people who are going to, you know, who've been coming to my yoga classes for years or going to, and they're just like, yeah, no, I just wanted to stay as vinyasa. And that's cool yeah. too. You know, yeah. like if that's where it is for you, I'm not saying it's the only way, um, you know, there's a, there's, many ways to the top of the mountain yoga is not the only way and certainly yeah. yogic meditation is not the only way 
but what I do want to do is for people who are keen to take that journey I just want to be make it accessible essentially Mm. make it accessible yeah and available yeah absolutely so I think a lot of people that listen to this I'd say in the camp of I'm curious about this Mm. I'm listening but where do I start what what do I do and Mm. you sort of touched on it a little bit because they might come in through the physical let's go to a yoga class or mm. it may be me that, you know, I'd done a couple of yoga classes, but I came in more wanting to learn the philosophy of the breath work and the meditation. So I sort of came in the other way. But mm. for you, for anyone, you know, because people are listening all over, like there's people in the UK, there's people in Australia, mm. there's people in different locations. Like what would you recommend as a sort of first step if they're thinking, right, this sounds good you to need- me. How, I'm curious. What do, how do I lean in? What would be the step? Do step? Michelle's yoga nidra. that is definitely a good first step yeah yeah it's a great first step I mean yoga nidra I call it it's the special source that makes the rest of yoga make sense Mm. you know that profound level of relaxation and getting to know that state of deep breaths and beginning to acknowledge these deep-seated tensions that we didn't even know we don't even know that they're there we carry so much tension in our body because our minds are so active all of the time and we carry these deep-seated tensions in the in the what we call in yoga the body mind so acknowledging again modern science is just catching up and this idea that we actually carry memory in the body uh, through our microbiome and through the you know the the physical uh, system and that once we you begin to see that tension begin to dissolve. You're like, oh, wow, you know, mm-hmm. something's happening. Something's yeah. happening. And it, it will improve your capacity to function in the world. Mm. Uh, it's, I mean, yoga nidra is just a win, 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 win. Yeah. You, you're getting deep rest quickly. So you're mm-hmm. catching up on many of us don't get enough sleep. So you're getting mm-hmm. that uh, quick reset, which we need. You are able to reprogram subconscious patterning using some mm-hmm. uh, some culpa. And again, just beginning to unravel that deep-seated psychic tension. Um, mm. That's a great place to start, you yeah. know. And and for people who've struggled with meditation, which is pretty much everybody who's tried meditation, mm. I've found yoga nidra. It makes other types of meditation work better. Yeah, I mean, for you, was it was was that kind of the, the case? Yeah, I must say, out of everything that I learned, because you know, we were like we were learning for three months right so it was like over 200 hours of teacher training and for me I always like to come out of things and think what's the one thing what's the one thing Mm. one that I'm going to embed or embody or Mm. take forward and for me it was yoga nidra because and it's probably because of your loved passion your love for it and your passion for it as well that Mm. came through but for me when you were (laughs) you were just like yoga nidra yoga nidra um but I could easily see how anyone could do that that practice and it was accessible to everyone because not everyone feels comfortable going into a yoga class or even like some breath work practices now I've explored lots of different ones and I've been in more sort of group events like even breath work can be quite challenging like to to like do to set up to get you know in the back and you know even breath work can be hard work you know and I think obviously there's benefits there's absolute benefits to it but it's just yoga nidra to me was like if I'm going to teach this and that's something I want to teach and advocate for because 
I see people not getting enough sleep. I see people struggling and very, very anxious or just like operating in that that fight or flight mode all the time, running around. like And, and also this guilt and shame, especially with women around having a nap or having rest. Mm. And I'm like, have the rest, <laughs> have mm. a rest. Like just, and I just think my experience of it and the teacher training was, and I remember everyone else, as soon as you said, okay, you're going to need everybody was like, <laughs> please. There was this yeah. pure excitement and joy as soon as you mm. said, because I think we did it pretty much every day. You were mm. just like, right, time for yoga nidra. And everyone was like, yes, like this is so good. Yeah. And I think just observing that reaction and then having my mm. own experience and then seeing the world, I'm like, everyone needs to develop this. Everyone needs this. And that's why I just, I've, it's actually the recording I did for the teacher training. I just have made that. Mm available to everyone because yeah i think it's accessible and i think it gives you the most benefits really quickly yeah and look there's a lot of science to back that up we had Mm. one of the one of the teachers um uh, oscar sarah dr oscar sarah who he actually did the course with me last year he's a very experienced sort of functional medical doctor who'd worked a lot with yoga nidra previously and and Mm. did a huge amount of research into uh looking at you know, he's constantly got his um, radar out all across holistic mm. therapies. He's looking at everything and he's, you know, he's, yeah. he, and he's here that he actually, especially actually now specializes in uh, postpartum care. So women who've just had children and mm. who, and, and the uh, postpartum postnatal depletion where sort of women get really run down after having children. So that's sort of his area mm. of medical specialty, but he talks about yoga as being sort of pound for pound, the best mm. return on investment for any mm. holistic health practice that you can do. Puts it up mm. against every breath work, meditation, supplementation, therapy, whatever it is, mm. yoga nidra, if you're going to dedicate 20 minutes, half an hour once per day, uh, you're going to get on, you know, mentally, physiologically and spiritually, uh, mm. really, you're going to get more results. So that's, I mean, look, it's it, 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 the reason I taught it during the course was it's been very clearly shown that if you perform yoga nidra uh, within a short period of time after a learning activity, so if you've been mm. studying something, taking in new information, if you perform yoga nidra shortly after that it increases your neuroplasticity by over 50 percent. so basically wow. that's your brain rewiring creating new neural pathways which is basically it's you're improving your capacity to absorb the information and then to be able to recall the information yeah it, wow. it should be absolutely taught as part of as a core part yeah. of the education system it's it's it and the, again there's more more and more and more um, evidence, really good quality evidence. So good quality studies are being mm. done to show why, how it's working, and, mm-hmm. and 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 the fact that it does work, and in different applications how they work. Mm. Uh, so I think more and more we'll see. Uh, someone told me the other day that it was a, a really significant percentage. I can't remember exactly what of current psychological studies that are being done by so mm. a friend of mine. Uh, Simon Dubois, who you probably met, he lectured mm. on the course. Uh, he he's a psychologist, and we we work together. And he was saying that within current research that's being done uh, into psychology, uh, mm-hmm. it's a huge amount. So well over fifty percent is based around at around meditation. Well, you know, mm. and by that I mean breath work, yoga nidra. So things rather than uh, 
you know, supplementation or taking mm. medication, et cetera, where, you know, that's where the research has currently always come from, mm. uh, from Big Pharma, God help us. Uh, so mm. that's with more that, that there's a, a little tidal wave of, of awareness coming from the scientific community uh, mm. about, hey, this stuff really works and it's accessible and it's free. You know, you can access yes. Yoga Nidra for free. I have half a dozen tracks available for free. Michelle's got tracks available for free. Uh, if you get bored of listening to us, there's other people. So we're, mm-hmm. we're so passionate about it that we're not really into monetizing. I just want to see it out there. I just yeah. really need because it's, it's exactly, it is the, the counterpose that the world needs. Mm, I love that. It's a counterpose the world needs. And yeah, you run a Wednesday class, don't you, in Byron for Yoga Nidra? I do. Yeah, I do a community class. And we also, I haven't been actually, because I've been away a lot over the last couple of months, but I'm just sort of Mm -hmm. getting back into a rhythm now. We'll do that online. I don't know. That'll be pretty, for the UK, that's pretty early. I know it works well for people in the States. It's kind of on the Western coast of the same. I'm also, I also do run a training. We're running our next, the training that you did. We're actually now, going the next round of the training starts in September and it's going to be fully mm. online. So amazing previously, because after COVID, I was I was like, you remember so I don't want to do anything online either. I've had so much mm. time yeah. staring into it, hanging out in the Zoom room. I just want to yeah. do something with a group of people in a room. But we've yeah. had a sort of build up of people who are in various different parts of the world yeah. who want to do it online. And it actually works really well online. Like yeah. Practicing yeah. this stuff. It actually does work well online. Yeah. Great. Okay. Well, that's great. So that's out in September. Highly recommend it. Anyone listening? Loved it. Loved it. Um, and yeah, I love um, just to sort of wrap that whole yoga nidra thing up as well. Conversation. Um, I love this. The more studies. Well, actually, we'll see if we can get. I'm pretty sure you you included that in the course, but maybe I'll get the links or anything. We can put it in the show notes for the podcast. Mm. And because, you know, I think having those studies and seeing what's coming out from doctors and psychologists and people just to really back up this work is really powerful. I'm a big fan of data. I think it's important that we have that, you know? Yeah, I, I do too. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm not a scientist. I'm an educator, mm. yeah. uh, but I, it's really, and look, I, I love the science because it just proves me right. You know, I, when I was yeah. studying through the such an under lineage, I mean, we are, most of my teachers were scientists. So uh, when I say that, you know, one of my core teachers was a psychiatrist. I had another one who was a neurophysiologist, um, a couple of medical doctors. And so mm. that's, that lineage has always attracted scientists, but mm. the level and the quality of research that's coming out now, it's just like, wow. Uh, I mean, yeah. Andrew Huberman, many people know, he mm. sort of really spearheaded a lot of it uh, and, mm. and he's just hugely popular uh, on 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 YouTube and whatever mm. else. Um, yeah, he so, is. Andrew Huberman, I follow him as well. He's got really good content. He's amazing. It. And, and yeah. actually one of the best things on, on Yoga Nidra um, is what, which he sort of rebranded a little bit as NSDR is from him. So I can give you a couple of links to a few of his videos, which give a really okay. nice synopsis and explanation of how it works. Yeah, great. That'd be amazing. Yeah, and we'll include those in the notes. Um, I just, I, I never put this in the questions, but I feel as if I need to ask you this because, you know, this episode is a being sort of themed around emotional well-being and obviously what we've been talking about helps with that and even beyond emotional, spiritual and different things. I wanted to ask you about drinking and alcohol because I know that we have this sort of shared story and passion 
wouldn't even say it's a passion, but this way of life where we don't drink. Passion for not drinking. Yeah, passion for not. That should be a thing. <laughs> but we have this, um, you know, we we're on the same page around alcohol mm. and drinking. And I was just, I was just curious if you would be able to just share your story and a little bit about that in terms of the benefits sure. that you've experienced. I just thought that would be good to touch upon. Yeah, well. I mean, look, it's. Um... Especially because you spoke my, about your party life, you know, you, yeah, spoke, you spoke my, my, about my, that my sort passion, of transition. My passion has always been for life. Yeah. My passion has been for living. And mm. that's what got me into drinking and partying. I wanted to, I wanted to know it, what everything was. I needed to know. And I went to amazing parties and mm. I had a, a wonderful time. Alcohol opened doors and, and mm. uh, it took me into worlds that I wouldn't have stepped into. Uh, and I, had a lot of deep-seated anxiety and tension uh, coming out of my childhood, which I carried into my teenage years, and alcohol helped that to disappear. Mm-hmm. And it worked wonderfully for a period of time until it didn't work. And then what happened was my world stopped getting bigger, and in fact, my world started to contract uh, until mm-hmm. you know the final days of my drinking. My world got really small. You know, I was mm-hmm. I was really lonely. I was really sad. Alcohol made mm-hmm. me really sad. And so my passion is still for living. And now through, I mean, I haven't had any alcohol for over 12 years. Wow. And uh, the reason for that is, I mean, A, I, I can't drink successfully. You know, I, I, I tried to manage drinking and did all the things that people mm. do. Uh, and it just came to a point was, you know, one drink's just too many, you know, a thousand's not enough, as they say. Yeah, I, yeah. I was supported in that journey. I mean, I explored and continue to explore and get support from 12-step fellowship. Uh, I think mm. that's amazing through AA or you know, whatever people do. Uh, mm. It's incredibly, very yogic in, in yeah. philosophy. Uh, if you look at the, 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 I mean, it's that connection to higher power, that connection to divinity, and that mm. is the core of the yoga tradition. And so I I mean, I was always into yoga before I stopped drinking. And I think yoga helped me to get to a point where I realized that, you know, drinking wasn't sustainable for me mm. and mm. it had certainly supported me on that journey. And yoga nidra, again, through those early years, particularly, it came into my, when I'd stopped drinking yoga nidra, that's sort of when I found yoga nidra for the first time. Mm. And I just helped, it helped to totally reformat my DNA, you know, totally mm. reformat my whole psyche of who I thought I was and how I managed tension and, and how I managed anxiety. It gave me the capacity to manage anxiety. So, you know, my passion is for living and my passion is now for the fullness of living, sober living. Uh, I don't mm. really think about drinking so much. I mean, it's there, it's alcohol, alcohol's a thing in, in, in our world, but mm. it's not as I hate alcohol. I just love being clear i love being mm. fully present and you know mm. alcohol doesn't fit with the way i i choose to, i want to live my life and and yeah. so it's a question i think the things that we explore a lot of this in, in sankalpa uh through our practice of it it's a it's about choosing hard what you really want so i've chosen a way of being i've chosen a lifestyle i've chosen my dharma which is a, mm. a ultimately it's it's about living in a certain way about doing certain things uh, but I choose that so much that anything that doesn't fit into that, which essentially is alcohol and, and that type of partying. I mean, I still love to party. I still love to be social and I still mm-hmm. love to get out there and, 
get amongst it. I have so much fun. I can't keep up with myself. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, I mean, one of the things that I think, Michelle, that we, we, we should advocate and you mm-hmm. advocate beautifully is that you can have, a, I mean, a, for me, it's been a much bigger, more yeah. enjoyable life since uh, stopping drinking. Definitely. 100%. I definitely have more fun now than what I did back then. It's just, mm. and it's not even a thought anymore for me. It's just like, this is the way it is. You know, it's just, mm. this is, this is life. I love how you said you have a passion for life. Like I, mm. I was like that because I was very similar to you growing up. I was like, I want to be in the bars. I want to be drinking. I want to meet everyone. I want to know everyone mm. and everything. It's that passion for life, but we think it comes through alcohol, but actually it comes through us just being curious and going out mm. there. Like we actually don't need it to have that passion no. for life. But I love how you said I'm not, it's about being passionate for life. And I think not having mm. alcohol brings that passion more. It's just mm. a whole other level that I didn't really know up until six, six, seven years ago, six, seven years ago. Yeah, but you're going to have to have something else if you're going to not drink successfully mm. in, in this world. I mean, even I think for people who haven't had alcohol problems, uh, that it's it's challenging. You know, mm. it's alcohol is a it's it's used widely as a as, as the medication to help people uh, manage their their yeah. anxiety. So uh, it's yeah, that's where I mean uh, for me, like I, I think people who I've seen do well uh, mm-hmm. and you know not drink and be really happy about it, they have some practice of being able to regulate their nervous system. So yeah. you know whether that's breath yeah. work or, or meditation yeah. or yoga nidra or some combination of those things. Uh, mm-hmm. It's I think it's going to be yeah. I, mean, I wouldn't say I don't like to say fundamental, but Let's say fundamental in this case. It's, yeah. it's if, if you if you are looking for a happy sober life, then mm-hmm. you need to find something that's better than alcohol. Yeah, true. Actually, and see when I think back, that's at that time. That's when I found yoga or meditation or breath. That's when I started to explore. So mm. actually, you just made me realize that that was probably about around about the same time I started to practice of some sort. Mm. You know, going to a class. You know, I never mm. before that was like, I'm going to go to a yoga class, you know. So mm. that's interesting. Yeah, there's a, um, M. Scott Peck talks about in the book, uh, The Road Less Traveled, that, you know, alcohol is, you know, the the spirit, that it, it connects us to spirit. And I think mm. that's what it can do for a lot of people to begin with. Mm. It gives you a little a, a little insight into the beyond the limitations. It slows down our active mind enough that we can see perhaps a little bit beyond mm. The limitations of our personal mind but it, it's a very temporary experience but it gives us a taste so we want more yeah. and we keep going back to the yeah. bottle looking for it or going into other mm-hmm. drugs other substances to to help yeah. us get there and and what yoga can give us yoga and when i say yoga i'm talking about meditation breath work yoga nidra all the things wrapped up in there mm-hmm. it can give us that that can give us that experience of connection to spirit, which I believe is it's the core human desire is to know the innate, to know know what is real and true, uh, to know God, whatever that looks like. And yoga gives us a sustainable pathway to to get there. Yeah, without the hangovers. With that great, terrible, amazing terrible hangovers. <laughs> I never regretted how, you know, I never woke up on a Sunday morning and go, oh, I wish I was hungover right now. <laughs> That's never, never happened. <laughs> never, ever, ever. Absolutely. Well, Mark, thank you so much. If you get in, we're just going to wrap up now, but if you get anything you feel you would like to share as, as we wrap up. 
I'd just like to give big props to you, Michelle, firstly, just to say I'm a fan, you know, I think <laughs> you just, you resonate such a positive, intelligent message, which it's it's timely. Um, very sad to see you leave the Byron Shire. Uh, but, hey, isn't it cool that we're talking from one side of the world to the other? Exactly. Yeah, it's, it, it's it's amazing. I don't feel like we're very far away. So, no. You know, thank you thank so you much. And, and big props to you for the amazing work that you're doing. Uh, and just it's, it's As a teacher, it is just such a wonderful thing to teach people who are paying it forward and, and mm. people who are good. Like I teach, you know, I've taught hundreds and hundreds of people, but you know, every now and then I'm going to blow some smoke up up, up your butt. That it, uh, it, you get people that say, oh, wow, you know, you've got, so, you're such a great communicator and, and to see the way that you took the practices on and that you carry it forward with such capacity, it's, that's heartening for me. Mm. Uh, so thank you for that. Mm, and yeah, to all the people out there, be brave get out there. Life is for the living. You know, that's life is for the living. I hope if Michelle and I can carry a core message uh, between us, get out there and live your life. Don't let those things get in the way. There are wonderful, enjoyable tools available that can help us to overcome. Absolutely. Amazing. Thank you so much, Mark. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I really hope you enjoyed it. Remember, download the Yoga Nidra right after this episode. Make sure you have a listen. It's the most beautiful guided meditation that will regenerate your mind, your body, and your soul. Take care. See you soon.